Yes, yes, hello. The Not The Top 20 betting show is live. The sound of the start of the weekend. George, what do you think of that as a slogan? The sound of the start of the weekend? It's a bit wordy, but I think it sums up how I feel about this show and what it what it represents. It It's quite wordy and I like it. So it's a very good representation of you. <laughs> very good. Well done. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for tuning in. This is the uh, betting show in association with SpreadX. George, our partnership with SpreadX continues. Yes, exactly. Very, very happy to be working with SpreadX. At the moment, they sponsored our pre-season betting show. They sponsored last week's betting show and they're sponsoring today's betting show. So if you haven't already signed up to a SpreadX account, they offer both spread betting and fixed odds betting as well. They have all of your EFL needs covered. If you go to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20, you can get a new sign-up offer where if you place a fixed odds bet of £25 on any bet of odds better than one to two, you get five £3, mm. £5 bets. £3, £5? Just £5. So, And these bets will be applied to your account on, on consecutive days. It's quite a nice offer for um, football because, you know, you have your £5 bet, then the next day... At this time, there is just more football coming your way. So make sure you do sign up. If you want to know more about spread betting, uh, if you listen back to the pre-season betting show, listen to the first 10 minutes there, I kind of run through the ins, the outs, the peaks and the perils of spread betting um, for you. And my DMs on Twitter are open. Plenty of you have been coming to me and asking me questions about spread betting because it's something that I do. So if you have any questions, feel free to tweet me or DM me. Uh, and I'll get back to you. But um, yeah, I'm a I'm a loyal customer of SpreadX and it's good that they're sponsoring the pod because I enjoy betting with them too. This podcast, guys, is for over 18s only. It is about betting. It's about our selections ahead of the weekend. So just a reminder that if you're thinking of having a bet this weekend, please be aware of the risks around gambling. Please visit Be Gamble Aware to learn more. And this is for over 18s only. Last week, George, uh, both Naps were winners. Uh, Hull for me and Lincoln for yourself. I also got a winner with Newport County against Barrow. Uh, but we had a few that didn't cop. Barnsley, Walsall, Bournemouth, all letting us down in different ways. Uh, and no luck with our bonus bets as well. Without further ado, George, what is your nap? What is your best bet ahead of the EFL weekend? The team I am napping have lost their last two games, 5-0 and 7-0. <laughs> My nap is Morecambe to beat South End. Sounds like you need to take a nap before we do this. I would love to. I'm absolutely exhausted. Um, Morecambe to beat South End at seven to five, and this is um, because of South End. If you if you're looking at South End's last couple of well, their first two games of the season, they were beaten four nil at home to Harrogate um, in a game where their defensive errors were calamitous. It was Harrogate's first game in the league. I'm not having it that Harrogate are, you know, one of the top teams in the league. I think it was a case of them coming up against a very, very poor side for, for a kind of perfect opening fixture. Southend, they went on the roads. They went up all the way up to Carlisle and Carlisle completely battered them in a game that only finished 2-0, but they barely laid a glove on them. Carlisle were creating chance after chance at will. And, you know, on the pre-season betting show, I tipped up a, a sell of South End points. And I mean, I think you can go and collect now unless something pretty drastic happens because they look totally, totally abject. We're not seeing, you know, I think it's often easy to forget that Sol Campbell was probably doing quite a good job there last season. Mm. Um, and despite them being a very, very poor League One side, I think Mark Mosley's done nothing so far to show us that he is, you know, by any means an upgrade or even on a level with Campbell. 
they've been so poor and, and I think if, if they were playing basically any other side in the division now because I think it's probably kind of factored into the prices now that Southend are, are poor I think if they're playing any other side the opposition would probably be almost an unbackable price but we have a, this Morecambe side who were beaten 7-0 by Newcastle midweek I mean they even had Joel Linton scoring against them which is you know if Joel Linton can score then I'm sure Brandon Goodship can probably manage one or two but um, but uh, and then they also got beaten 5-0 at home to Cambridge the 5-0 Cambridge result is of course not a good one but I do often think especially at this stage of the season when you're behind early it can spiral very very quickly and, and you know, it was a bit of a shock to me, especially after their opening day victory, um, Morecambe's, at Cheltenham, which I don't think many people saw coming. It was a surprise to see them beaten that easily. Uh, they were down to 10 men early against Newcastle. I think we can pretty much draw a line through that. And I'm still very much of the opinion that they shouldn't have been pre-season favourites for relegation. And under Derek Adams, we're going to see a much improved Morecambe side. So... <sighs> I almost think that those bad performances and those negative results are giving us an opportunity to have a bet here because if they'd won those games, if they'd performed as they did against Cheltenham, they'd be heavily, heavily odds on. But I'm happy not to read too much into it and probably still think the Cheltenham result and performance is the one to look at here to show that Morecambe are a very capable League Two side playing against a team in Southend who do not look up to the task whatsoever. So I have a feeling this is the last time we're going to be able to ride the Southend gravy train for a bit. Uh, except for our point to sell, of course. Um, but Morecambe at seven to five, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. I'm, I'm glad it's them. I'm glad it's the, the side who look on paper like they're in equally as um, choppy waters at South End because I don't think they are. Even if Morecambe aren't way better than they have been in previous seasons, what is their enduring personality and and thing to mm. take away from this team? It's it's managing to beat fellow relegation strugglers in order to stay above them. They're like a bacteria that sort of thrives in dark places, dark and dirty places. That's uh, that's where Morecambe thrive. And, uh, you know, if this is to be a Southend side that's as, 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 as poor as we think it is, uh, it feels like the, the type of side that Morecambe have always enjoyed playing and, and tended to, to beat. Um, you mentioned at some point in the answer that you weren't necessarily buying Harrogate as a particularly good League Two team off the back of beating Southend on opening day. And I was pleased to hear you say that because I am picking Port Vale to beat Harrogate this weekend at 10 to 11 with SpreadX. This is my nap. This is my most confident selection. And I think that Port Vale will be three wins from three after this weekend. Uh, At the moment and heading into the season, I had a lot of confidence in this Port Vale side. That confidence has translated into a lot of trust in this Port Vale side when backing them so far. And while their consistency is so great, while their performance levels are consistently good, not incredible, but consistently good, this is a strong Port Vale side that has won both of its league games 2-0 so far in different circumstances. While they show any reason for me not to keep trusting and believing in this side, uh, then I'm going to probably continue backing them. Um, they had to dig in against Exeter last week. There's no doubt about that. Exeter, in both of their games, Salford and Port Vale, they've looked very dangerous at times and they've only got one point to show for it. But um, Port Vale's defensive display impressed me. Uh, backs against the wall at times, but resolute as we've expected from this Port Vale uh, back four and five, uh, including the goalkeeper, who is excellent, but especially the centre-backs, Nathan Smith and Leon Legg, who just have one of those partnerships that 
really elevates their their whole team because it's so rare that this Port Vale side concede more than one goal and that keeps them in tight games at all times. And a lot of that is down to Leg and Smith who are excellent as a partnership at, uh, at the centre of defence. Their, their previous game against Crawley, they had won very comfortably at home and they're very, very good at home. They only lost one home game in 18 last season, had a really good record there. They finished last season, not at home, but at all venues. They finished last season with four wins and four draws. It felt like they were building towards that playoff berth. They were just one point off, of course, when football was paused. And they very graciously, in the eyes of many, voted to end the season, knowing that it was benefiting um, the, the League Two clubs as a whole, as a collective, rather than voting in their in their own interests because they felt they were on course to, to nip into the playoffs. But they've started the season well. Um, two wins from two, two 2-0 two no wins, as I said. They didn't lose anything, really. Nothing important from their squad from last season. Unlike so many teams at this level who had to release players, Vale kept the core of that squad and they've added more quality. You can see that more so probably off the bench than in the starting eleven, where it is still the same sort of core as last year. But their bench options give me a lot of confidence that they can finish strongly, both here and in, and in other games as well. Harry McCurdy was on the bench last weekend, as was Theo Robinson. Those are two great options to bring on in the final third if you need something a bit different. Um, and, and elsewhere in midfield and, and defence, they've got really good options too. As for Harrogate, of course, that 4-0 win against Southend was eye-catching. It probably looks less impressive by the day, given the performances of Southend so far this season. In a two-all draw last week with Walsall, they probably... Walsall probably shaded it, but it was another decent performance from this Harrogate side. Um, but I think their their squad depth is certainly taking an early test here. It was it was barely reported at all, Georgie. I doubt you even saw this. But Harrogate, <laughs> Harrogate in midweek played an FA Trophy semi-final game against Notts County. They beat, I didn't see it. They beat them one 0 and now they're they're in the FA Trophy final from last season, playing Amazing. playing at Wembley. But they they had to play Notts County in midweek. It was a tough game. Uh, they made one change only from last weekend. So the majority of the side who started last weekend also played in midweek. Vale have had a week off. I think they've got more strength in depth. I think they've got more quality. And they're such a settled, confident side at the moment. Um, I think Vale can do the business. That's why they're my nap this week. 10 to 11 to win at home against Harrogate Town. Up next, George Ellick, the floor is yours. Go up to the championship. Now for my championship bet. And I'm going to rattle off a few teams to you, Ali. You mm -hmm. like it when I get creative. I love it. A few a few teams to you who are all around about the kind of same price. Mm -hmm. So looking at like 11 to 10, maybe 13 to 10, like just a little, just a shade of odds against. So mm -hmm. you've got Barnsley at home to Coventry are 11 to 10. Birmingham at home to Rotherham are 23 to 20. This is all the spread X. Cardiff at home to Reading. Reading on maximum points. Cardiff, who struggled until the last uh, their last game, eleven to ten. Brentford away at Millwall. Millwall do not lose many games at the Den. Brentford are eleven to ten, and Bournemouth at home to pre-season favourites Norwich are thirteen to ten. Now it strikes me that there is one side of those five who is far more likely in my head to cop. I reckon it's the one who you didn't point out having a negative about their fixture. I didn't. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, it's no. There were there were two. I think. Um, yeah, okay. it's so it's either Barnsley or Birmingham. Enlighten it, me. It's Birmingham, at home to Rotherham. Um, you know, we've seen with Barnsley. Barnsley, uh, as much as I do, you know, really like this Barnsley side. Um, 
you know, they, they are winless in, from two against the Coventry side who scored three goals in their last game. And, and you know, we rate quite highly. Mm. Um, and there's also rumours that Gerhard Struber's tenure might be under threat. Really? With, I haven't seen those. Yeah, being linked to a move to the MLS to New York. Oh. Which would be a shame. Interesting. That um, kind of makes sense because he was in the, he was part of the Red, Red Bull Salzburg Red Bull. like mm-hmm. youth coaching setup, and they do tend to keep that lot quite close within the yeah. within the family. We digress. Um, you know, I, I spoke about Reading being you know a side of, of one two from two. Um, it just feels to me like Birmingham are, are, should be heavy favourites for this game against the Rotherham side, who are yet to see a great deal positive from. They were the worst team in their one 0 victory over Wickham, which the winner came from a Michael Hickway header very, very late on from a set piece. Their reliance on goals for set pieces over the last couple of years has been massive. That does not give them an advantage really against a Birmingham side who are pretty massive at the back and in Ito Karanka will be very adept at defending set pieces. Um, Birmingham, I've made myself pretty clear on the Monday show that I'm I'm not particularly enamoured or excited by Birmingham under, Birmingham under Karanka. But again, they've proven in their first, they've shown a hell of a lot more in their first two games than Rotherham, we can say. And the prices at the moment would suggest that if these two sides were to come up against each other at a neutral venue, they wouldn't be far off picking prices, which I think is totally wrong. I think Birmingham are, are clearly the, the more likely winner. And I think that they should be with the um, added home advantage, if it really exists. Um, but I'm going to say for the, for the sake of this, we have to assume that there is some, even if not maximum, uh, advantage for it. It just strikes me as, as one of those quite easy ones when you look through the card there just seems to be one price that stands out um and yeah i expect birmingham's quality just just yeah just more quality over the 90 minutes to show um i'm worried about rotherham this season and i think they're being a little bit overrated maybe in this market doncaster are my next pick uh they're playing against bristol rovers and they are the home side they are 10 to 11 to win with spread x the same price as my veil pick uh, i'm feeling good about donny uh, this is a this is such a beautiful time of the season to just have a few teams that you're just really taking into your heart based on 180 minutes of football. Port Vale, as you can tell, got a real soft spot for at the moment. Newport County, for any of you who listened to various shows last week, you'll know that that soft spot is only growing by the day after they beat Watford in midweek. Um, and Donny might be there as well, you know. Uh, they might well be there. We spoke on the Monday pod about how Darren Moore is being trusted with elite clubs, lone players, and that can be a big difference maker for them if these guys can hit the ground running. So far, Taylor Richards in the number 10 spot, or the most advanced of the midfield three, looks magnificent. Tyrese John-Jules scored a, a screamer last week, has drifted in and out of games otherwise. Rayan Tullock on loan from West Brom. He had a, a brilliant first game of the season, got injured at the start of last game. And they've obviously got Joseph Bursick in goal, who's on loan from Stoke, uh, England Youth International, the goalkeeper that takes free kicks, which I just, I'm like contractually obliged to mention every time because he's the only <laughs> goalkeeper that we've seen take uh, shooting free kicks uh, at this level, certainly since we've been doing the pod. Anyway, we spoke about how ideally you wouldn't just develop other teams' players, but how in the short term it could be quite a good approach. And from what I've seen so far, this Doncaster team has started the season quite brightly, and I would expect a lot of those players to get better as the season goes on. The midfield three of Ben Whiteman, Madger Gomez and Taylor Richards, I think looks really nice in, in every way, really. Whiteman, generally at the base of it, uh, who's, who's got the best passing range, who we know is just at this level, a very, very good orchestrator, someone who 
looks forward and plays accurate passes and just it's just a player that I like a lot. Um yeah, the midfielder at Magic Gomez has obviously started the season very well. He's scored in both league games, both of them from range. I don't think he's going to keep doing that, um, but it's a, it's a very good start and shows that he's earned his his place in this starting eleven. I must admit that the numbers don't fully support uh, this Doncaster love just yet. According to iScout, they've only created 1.5 expected goals across their two league games, and they've scored four. So running a little bit hot. Uh, obviously, some of those goals have been pretty decent strikes from range, but I think they are a better side than Bristol Rovers. I'm pretty confident in saying that at this stage of the season. Bristol Rovers, as discussed, such high turnover uh, over the summer might well grow into a good side, but you cannot look at them at the moment and say they're a particularly settled side and you can't say that they look like a very complete side either because they, going forward, have looked really poor. Um, Not much attacking threat whatsoever based on what I've seen so far. Now, they have had two tough fixtures against Sunderland and Ipswich. And for basically the first hour, the first 70 minutes of both games, Bristol Rovers have done okay and kept it tight. They were ahead, obviously, for a long time against Sunderland and level with Ipswich. Um, But they have conceded late goals in both games. And I'm just, I'm not sure they're quite there yet. Whereas Donny, I think they've started really well. I've talked about the midfield and some of those attacking low knees. But actually, it's probably their defence that's the most impressive part of this Donny side. The back four of Halliday, Joe Wright, uh, Anderson and Rhys James, they do not get many headlines. They do not get many plaudits. I don't think we've spoken about them too much on the Monday pod. And yet... They had the third best defensive record in, in League One last season. They only conceded 33 goals in 34 games, less than a goal a game. So maybe a little bit like Port Vale, when you have a team like that, you, you kind of you, you can be pretty confident that they're not going to concede more than one goal. And therefore, if you think they've got some attacking threats, you, you're confident they're going to be very much in this game. Uh, I think a confident Donny turn up to this one after a good start to the season. I think they've got match winners in midfield and up top. And I'm not that convinced on Bristol Rovers yet. So hopefully Donny get the win for me here. 10 to 11 at home to Bristol Rovers. Next up. League one. League uh. No, not League uh. That's something completely uh. different. Uh, Plymouth are home to Shrewsbury Town. Plymouth are six to five favourites with spread X. And that is where my money is going. Ali, you very kindly did some research for me here, which was mm. nice of you. Um, I... Well, because I was, I was going to back the Pilgrims, wasn't I? But um, I let you have this one. But it gets co-signed by me, this. Yeah, so with Plymouth, it's, you know, I think Plymouth's case is pretty easy to make. They are a side who have been trending very much in the right direction um, for you know the best part of a year now. And their early season results, you know, we saw them beat Blackpool 1-0. I don't think many teams are going to keep clean sheets against Blackpool this season, certainly not at least in the next couple of weeks. The... AFC Wimbledon four-all game was just one of those crazy bonkers games. Um, but this, this is the Shrewsbury side who rarely score four, it's fair to say. And I think we'll come into this game with a very different approach to Clint Hodges' idea of, well, let's just attack and hope we score as many as Yoppo. Um, Plymouth's home record is very good last season as well. Um, in Ryan Lowe, they've got a manager who I've got a lot of time for. I think this is a game where if this was played in six or six or eight weeks they'd probably be odds on because I fancy one of them to be in the top eight and one of them to be kind of in the bottom eight with Plymouth's home form being very key to their to their standing um and then you helped me out with a bit of Shrewsbury injury news Mm. with uh Ryan Sears his um x-rays all clear but he is set to be out with an ankle injury because the club are now waiting on MRI so that sounds fairly serious um your mate have you texted him I didn't text him don't have his number we we just had that one 
quite intense um, um, experience together on a plane back from Los Angeles last summer. But uh, mm. but sadly, um, we didn't swap numbers. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've forgotten where I was, but I think I've made a decent enough case. Shrewsbury have injury problems. I don't think they're particularly good. Plymouth don't and are, and are very good. And have a manager that I like. So jobs are good in six to five. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, it's okay. My last pick is in League 2. Um, the game between Toulouse and Auxerre, specifically. Um, I just think, I just think Auxerre have got to be a uh, have got to be a good price here at nine to four. Um, is Reece, is Reece Healy fit? I don't know to be honest, but Toulouse have had a miserable start to the season. Auxerre, so so, six points from their four games. Toulouse only two. Um, and look, George, you know exactly how I look at these things. These are two massive clubs for the level. There's no way that they should be down here. The fans deserve better of these two huge French clubs. And blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm going to pick Forest Green. I'm in League Two, and I'm going to pick them to beat Salford, which is fairly lively, I reckon. But yeah. uh, it's just based on the fact that, despite our bullishness about Salford pre-season, uh, you might think that with four points from two games, we might be feeling quite, quite pleased with ourselves. And I can't speak for you, and I never speak for you, but I'm not feeling that pleased with myself, to be fair. I am feeling pleased that we that we weren't buying Bolton Wanderers stock at the early part of the season, but I don't think Salford have been particularly impressive. Uh, watched their game against Exeter on opening weekend, and they were okay in spells, but I don't think they were the better side. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm and I'm just trying not to be blinded by a uh, a four nil win last weekend against this completely chaotic but very entertaining Grimsby side, uh, a side that gave Salford three penalties uh, and had a man sent off. Um, but who created plenty. Salford lucky to keep a clean sheet in that game. Basically a 4-0 scoreline that was completely false, like just not ni- like hugely flattered Salford in the way that they played. And so uh, I'm, I'm sort of trying to go against the grain a little bit and, and I'm going to back Forest Green to beat them. Forest Green have got four points from their two games. They'll be, they'll be annoyed not to have beaten Bradford last week, given Bradford had nine men. And yet they also had to come from behind and score late even to get a point. Um, Forest Green, mate, weirdly good away from home. Like mm. in, in well, the home form was terrible at the back end of last season, wasn't but, it? But yeah, but the weird thing is this isn't just last season. They've been in the league two full seasons. Well, last season wasn't a full season, but two years. And last season they had the best away record in League Two. And the year mm. before, they had the second best record in League Two. Both years they've had a better away record than home. And if you're a real stats nerd like me, you know that across the EFL, that only happens to like maybe two or three teams across three leagues per season. Uh, and for Forest Green seemed to be that. So maybe they just hate playing in front of their fans, which is why maybe they didn't win last weekend when they had a thousand fans in attendance as part of the pilot. Anyway, they're going to Salford this weekend. And I think they're quite well suited just in general in this game. I'm feeling positive about Forest Green. Ebu Adams has been playing pretty much as a number 10, really advanced midfield player behind Jamil Matt and Collins up front. They've got Jason Lowe at the base of midfield, Salford. And while there's a lot to, to like about him and a lot to respect about the career that he's had, I think Adams, you know, the most mobile and skillful midfield player uh, probably in the league, certainly when it comes to, to dribbling with the ball and carrying it through the middle of the park, I think he can give Jason Lowe a pretty tough time here. So uh, I've, always, I've always liked Aaron Collins. And since he's joined Forest Green, he has not repaid that faith in goals. But he <laughs> scored a lovely finish last weekend. Hopefully that sends him into this game with confidence. Uh, and Cadden and Wilson, the wingbacks, I like them a lot. I think Salford, they've been playing pretty narrow so far. So there's going to be a lot of onus on good delivery from out wide from Forest Green. Jamil Matt will be, uh, will be asking for that in the middle. Did you have something you wanted to say? 
Yeah, it's at the end of this. I just wanted to give a little spread tip again for the lads. Okay, well, can I ask you a quick question? Uh, almost like mm. kind of a, kind of a betting theory one. Um, I like Forest Green here, but I understand that they are not you know not the favourites, and I do understand the threats of Salford City. Um, should I take six to four draw no bet on Forest Green or four to six double chance? What are the questions that I, as a punter, should be asking myself? Because I know that you quite often pick a draw no bet on this show. I've always quite liked a double chance because you get the draw as well. But I'm interested to know what you think is the right play and, and, and how you sort of approach this normally. I think there are so many different factors at hand, one of which will be how based your bet is on um, the perceived weakness or strength of either side, for example. So I wouldn't want to back Morecambe draw no bet against Southend because I think Southend are absolutely useless so I mean if anything I'd be going the other way and back in minus one minus two if it's a purely if you you know like I did last season where I just wanted to decide with, with Lincoln but I had a bit of respect for, for MK Dons then I guess bringing the draw no bet into it is decent because, or, or if you expect it to be a low margin game so mm. if you think it's going to be a low scoring game then bringing draw no bet into it is always handy um, for double chance it is more of a, you know, you're basically laying the fav again. So if it's a short price favourite who you don't think should be a short price favourite, then doing that's okay. I'm not a massive fan of, of betting stuff kind of shorter than probably, I mean, four to six would be as short as I'd want to go. But that's just a personal preference. That's not to say that you can't get rich backing value one to two shots. If a one to two shots, one, one to two, and you think it should be one to five, then you obviously that's what you should be should be getting with. You shouldn't be dissuaded by heavy odds on. So okay. I'd, I'd say a fair bit of it is gut. A fair bit of it is um, is based on which, you know, who are you siding with and for what reason. But a bit of it would be the goal line. And finally, I would say, I guess it's how much money you're you're wanting to risk to yeah. an extent. If you're chancing, you know, if you if you quite fancy a four to one shot, but you know it's a bit of a it's a bit of a punt. It's a bit of a like, uh, you know, the game might fall apart or whatever. Then I'd probably rather chuck a, a, a one point at a four to one shot rather than invest heavier at a shorter price. Or you okay. can just have one point. At a, 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 you know, it's there are so many different aspects to this. And quite often there won't be any right or wrong answer. It's just whatever you think okay. suits you best. Well, my selection is Forest Green draw no bet at six to four against Salford this weekend. Uh, which just leaves us with some bonus picks. And I think I heard you mention a spread. Now, last week, you picked out one thing that had caught your eye on the point spread, and it was commentary, and they won. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this one goes, because that was a good start to that pick too. Yeah, bad news for Bolton fans in that case. Even though I'm not, the tip isn't to sell Bolton points. Um, part of the reason why I want to get with Newport is that they are facing a side that I think is still being fairly overrated in the market. And Bolton who are still third fabs. I'm sure Ian Everett will sort it out, but, you know, Spreadics are, uh, are currently eight to one, um, which does not appeal, nine to one, I should say, which does not appeal whatsoever. They are much lower down in the point spreads. But yeah, buying Newport at 61.5 is my tip. That means if you were to buy for a pound, you would get a pound for every point above 61.5 and you'd lose a pound for every point below. So if they end up the season on 62, you'd make 50p. If they ended the season on 61, Ali, you would lose 50p. Well done. Correct. And vice uh, and kind of so on and so forth. And I wasn't particularly confident for Newport's chances at, at the beginning of the season. They looked to have a pretty similar squad to the one that didn't really impress last after their 
playoff final defeat last year. But the early signs are very, very strong there. They were unlucky not to beat Scunthorpe on opening day, conceding very late on. And then they put in a really impressive performance, beating Barrow 2-1. Since then, they've obviously beaten Watford 3-1 in the EFL Cup. But if you look a little bit deeper into those performances, Ali, we are seeing that Newport are very, very different this season. Mike Flynn, Michael Flynn, has them playing a more passing style than the more attritional style we're used to with three at the back who are very happy to keep the ball amongst themselves. They're creating chances pretty much at will, but defensively is where they look really strong. Barrow had five shots in the game, none of which came inside the box, and they suffocated Watford completely, despite being 2-0 up after 20 minutes against the championship side. Rather than sitting back, they carried on playing the way they wanted to play. There was possession parity, 50% each side in the game. And Watford mustered only three shots, one of which was a penalty that they scored. If Newport can continue this kind of defensive output, this ability to control both the ball and prevent the opposition from having decent chances, they are going to be very, very hard to beat this season. In Flynn, we have a manager who's already taken them to, as I mentioned, the playoff final. So it's not beyond him. It's not beyond their capabilities or their reach to have a similar season. So given the decent start they've made, already four points on the board, so only need to get 57.5 more in order to break even. Um, it's uh, Yeah, I, I think there's very little downside here and it could be quite a fun one for the season because big upside, as we know in League Two, it's pretty unpredictable. And uh, a side like Newport, if they get a run together, they carry on playing the way they are at the moment, I think they could get, get a fair few. As someone who spent most of this morning getting on Newport in as many of the season-long markets as I possibly could uh, in many different ways. I, I wholeheartedly endorsed that message and I enjoyed it. I would also add that my bonus pick is exactly the same as last week. Uh, I <laughs> promise, because it's really boring otherwise, and we are, at, you know, at our very core, we are content creators as much as I don't like the phrase, and it's not particularly good content. I promise I won't pick anyone for three weeks in a row, but with these centre-backs, I will sometimes allow myself two weeks in a row to avoid picking someone and them scoring the week after when I really still want to back them because nothing's changed with Carl Hawkins. He plays for Newport. He's a centre-back. He's 40-1 to one to score first against a Bolton side who have conceded from a corner last week against Colchester, conceded from a set piece as well against Crew in the FA Trophy. So already this season, they've been a little bit shaky at the back. Uh, Santos, the centre-back, looks very, very shaky to me. Um, and Hawkins is so tall. Uh, there is... There is a concern, George, and there may be growing evidence that Carl Hawkins has got a bit of a cliched 50p-shaped head because he doesn't seem to be able to head it where he wants to head it, but he's getting on the end of a lot. He, he's a bit like that Jake Cooper pick last season. He gets first contact on so many set pieces because he's so tall. Uh, he's had a shot in every game this season, seven shots in total in the four games he's played in. And at 40-1, to 1, I'm certainly going to back him because he didn't do it for me last week, but I have a good feeling about this week. Okay, that's uh, that's the end of the betting show. All that's left is to recap our bets. George, please run me through your selections ahead of the EFL slate. Yeah, napping Morecambe after a long trip down to South End at seven to five. Birmingham at twenty-three to twenty at home to Rotherham, and Plymouth at twenty-one to twenty at home to. Shrewsbury. Very nice. Uh, and my picks are using spread X prices, Port Vale, my nap, 10 to 11 against Harrogate. Doncaster, 10 to 11 to beat 
Bristol Rovers. I'm backing Forest Green. Draw no bet at Salford at six to four. And my bonus is Kyle Hawkins at 40 to one. He plays for Newport, uh, first goal scorer, centre-back pick. And just a reminder that SpreadX have a very generous offer for anyone who signs up using our uh, code. So if you head to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20 and sign up to a SpreadX account, you'll get up to £25 in free bets. If you place a £25 fixed odds single bet at minimum odds of one to two, so any of our picks from today would apply for that or anything else you fancy ahead of the weekend, if you place a £25 fixed odds single bet, you'll get five times £5 free fixed odds single bets and they crop up on consecutive days. They'll be applied to your account on consecutive days. So do head to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20. You can read the terms and conditions for that offer uh, and anything else that you need to know. Do sign up to SpreadX today and do make sure that you join us on Monday when we'll be reviewing the weekend. Make sure you join us on the betting show next week. Please tweet us at NTT20pod if you've got any big fancies of your own or if you've discovered some serious value in the market this weekend. We're all ears all the time. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great weekend and best of luck with any punts.